Good afternoon, America. Welcome to uh, a new edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live from the Foxhole app, Twitch, and Twitter, it looks like today. And we're also being joined, joined by our friends over on Spreaker for our live podcasting of today's report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I did. I had a pretty damn good weekend, I would say. It was uh, very eventful and very fulfilling, and I don't know what else I could say more than that, but uh, I hope you guys had a good one too, and a happy belated Mother's Day to all of the lovely mamas out there, and mothers, and mommies. Um, hope you guys had a really good Mother's Day. Hope it was blessed with family, friends, and good food. All right, and, and maybe a little bit of pampering, right? That's always uh, That always goes a long way for the moms out there. I mean, come on, guys. You know, give them a little something, something extra. You know, uh, take them out for a mani-pedi day or something like that. Anyways, okay, I don't do that myself, but I know women do enjoy that. So anyways, welcome back to the Sea Report. Um, got a lot of stuff going on here, a lot of news. Um, you guys, if y'all were uh, hanging out with uh, Methods this morning, you may have heard the announcement. And if you've been hop fox hopping throughout today, you've probably seen also um, that Mr. C, that is me, obviously, will uh, uh, has a new channel, uh, an, a cha my own channel, I guess you could say, over at the Foxhole app. So I'm looking forward to doing that um, and, uh, you know, uh, creating more content for the family there. Probably will be most likely some exclusive stuff for Foxhole, I think. Um, I have a couple of ideas in mind and uh, um, it's just that, uh, you know, I've never been one for just the, the chatty chat chat kind of thing. Um, and I've always been a lurker by nature, but something about this, uh, this uh, Foxhole app has gotten me out of my shell to want to kind of... Uh, to be out there and to be in it with the rest of you all. So anyways, um, I hope you don't mind all, but I'll be there. And then of course today, well, we do have the C-Report live on the Q&A holes. So don't worry, guys. I'm not leaving Q&A holes podcast by any means. Um, I've been with the crew uh, uh, for quite some time, at least uh, relatively speaking. And uh, I'm definitely going to be hanging out with them. Uh, I will be with them on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for sure uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, of course, don't forget we have our, our live shows on Wednesday and Saturday and then Thursdays, the round table. So, you know, if anyone is interested in joining us on the round table, uh, get a hold of us. And then that way we can try and uh, schedule it, schedule it. I mean, we're more than happy to have, uh, have, uh, um, guests and, and loved ones on the round table with us to talk shop or, you know, just to shoot the breeze. Um, but definitely get a hold of us. And then as for the C report, we'll be migrating over to the Mr. C channel. And then, um, we'll also have, uh, you know, whatever extra content that I will be, um, putting out there for you guys. We'll see. There's a lot of things to come. Most definitely, most definitely. All right, guys. So before we get into the C report today, on. let's go ahead and do a quick, 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 chat recap because I was kind of like, mm, I had some ideas about where I wanted to go with today's um, show. And then, uh, you know, things always change because whenever I'm working on the C report, it's done on the daily, of course, because, you know, headlines change every day, almost down to the minute sometimes. Fortunately, they don't put content out that quick in the big wide world of media and stuff like that, because then, man, I'd probably have an anxiety attack every time I was going to go live. But, um, you know, I was thinking about uh, doing a little bit of stuff on Stefanik today, uh, just because, I mean, you know, 
I hear the name Stefanik, and the first thing I think of is uh, Maria J. Stefanik. <laughs> totally differently spelled last name, but that's the that's the one lady that was uh, teaming up with Mark Esper, the fired uh, DOD. I think he was a uh, Department of Defense, and uh, he was seen colluding with her in Zoom chats and emails on the insurrection that they were going to perform against Donald Trump. That's why he was fired, you know, and that's some inside baseball that not many people are privy to. But um, if you look, go to Q&A holespodcast.com we did a whole expose on maria j stefanik or marie j stefanik uh so anyways when i hear stefanik that's who i think of but um i was like well where have i heard this name before in the realm hood of the trump uh you know sphere or you know america first sphere you know it was during all the impeachment hearings like this woman was like so i was gonna do some stuff with stefanik but uh some other things came up and uh, those took priority. So maybe we'll talk about Stefanik tonight over on the Mr. C channel. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, says Mr. C. Anyways, real quick chat recap, and then we'll jump into the um, C report for today. Uh, as you may recall, last Friday, I, uh, I took an early day, I guess you could say, and we did a 3 p.m. Uh, Central, 4 p.m. Eastern show so that I could go hop over and hang out with... Um, Brothers Uncensored and Methods and The Family, uh, just to check that show. It was such a good show. It was very lively. I enjoyed it very much. I can see why, you know, um, obviously, uh, they're so endearing to many of the um, family over at the Foxhole app. But regardless, uh, we had MonkeyToe71. Uh, he knows everything. Look how relaxed he knows how this ends. So we were talking about uh, President Trump, of course, because uh, we always uh, start our shows with some words from Trump. And, uh, you know, just the way everything's going with this audit and um, the way everything is playing out, I, I definitely say, well, I mean, probably a lot of us know how it ends. It's just we don't know what road we were going to take to get there. And uh, I think we're finding out how that's going to work. Um, and again, you know, Trump is a representation of America first and patriotism. We don't have to rely on the man himself. He's just the mouthpiece. Uh, but he has been one of the more successful and outspoken mouthpieces I think that uh, we've ever seen in any time of history since probably the founding fathers. And I would, I would definitely say he, that man deserves a spot on Mount Rushmore. Uh, but anyways, we'll see what happens. Sly Park 2020 said, I'm loyal to Abe and Joe, so this time is, this is great timing so I can catch you live. Well, Sly Park 2020, we love having our live audiences and you've been sticking around with us for quite a bit, especially when we have our Q&A holes live. Uh, so it's always good to see you being a repeat offender. We love repeat offenders over at Q&A holes and at the C report, but that's what we got the replays for. So you can always catch the replay and you don't have to part ways with dear Abe and Joe by any means. Better Lately says, Jovan is the man. And I would have to say, yes, he is indeed. I definitely agree with that. MonkeyToe71, why can't they move the graduation? Yeah, that was in regards to what's going on at Maricopa County at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Um, they will be having a graduation there. Uh, I guess several of them. I mean, it's not as if though they don't have other coliseums or venues that they could hold these um, events at, but I guess, you know, if they rented it first, they have to honor it. Actually, I don't know if that's what the case is, but that's what I would assume. Um, 17 Angel says, I don't know of any president that has birthed this type of patriotism in my lifetime. And I could say definitely the same thing about mine, uh, my lifetime, that is, uh, because even even when people were caught up in this whole, we're going to have a black president, Obama, 
a cloud or shroud or whatever you want to call it. I, I was not an Obama supporter. I was already awake by that time. So I was very much against the man. Um, but everyone else in America, it, it seemed like it was this newfound patriotism, but it really wasn't that. It, it showed itself to be uh, the the husk that it was, you know, patriots in name only. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, um, what is a fair weather patriots? Uh, people who fair weather voters, actually, not even patriots, people who only come out to vote because they want to have their finger in the pie or they want to be part of the crew that uh, that brought this uh, entity into into presidency. But we all saw how that worked out. And then we all saw them retreat. That's why anytime, you know, uh, there's like a words or a tiff or any kind kind of uh, verbal altercation with individuals who are on the left or who are liberal or who at the time were even anti-Trump, I'd be like, bye, I'll see you in four years because guess what? I'll be here those four years and I'll see you in four years because that's about all that they do. Anyways, uh, also want to say uh, hello and thank you to Judy Pug and Vanguard360 for the kind words regarding the reporting that we're doing here at the Sea Report. Uh, definitely try and put out some quality material and it's all done before the show starts, you know, like, um, it, it takes me, um, no less than three hours to get this uh, information together. But I mean, uh, for as unscripted as I might speak, we are teleprompter free, of course, naturally, but, uh, I do have always reference, uh, headlines because after all curating the news and also bringing some, um, opinion and, um, uh, what do I like to say? Um, uh, I like to, um, yeah, curate the news, whatever, you know. You know, I don't, I don't need to get into that, all that words. But anyways, so hello to everyone over in the Foxhole app. Glad that you're joining us today. I go real quickly, Patriot Bird, Joe One of Two, Sergeant Sparky, Monkey Toes, Popcorn Q, RMA, what's up, dude? Don't forget, guys, RMA has the best baloney this side of, a Mexican baloney this side of anywhere. And uh, the likes, we got some fams joining us over there. And then, yes, guys, we are off. So let's go ahead and get into today's sea report I've delayed enough. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. So Trump leads at the Sea Report always, 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 always from the desk. of. I mean, cause he's still our president, guys. I mean, he is still our president, regardless of what he says or do. Um, we, uh, we will see how it all measures up in the end. But um, okay. So what we had going on today, we have some... Uh, <clears throat> We have some. Uh, we had quite a few um, a few statements that President Trump released over Mother's Day weekend. Let's start with this one. Uh, let's see here. This one is a statement he made and basically endorsing uh, Josh Hawley's uh, Senator Josh Hawley's new book. You you may recall that it was canceled uh, because um, because obviously uh, you know uh, Simon and Schuster or or any of those giant uh, money laundering book deal people you know they they were not going to have it. But uh, in regards to this, um, Josh Hawley, our fantastic senator from the beautiful and great state of Missouri has a fantastic new book just out this week about the terrible big tech companies and their attempt to ruin our country. It's called The Tyranny of Big Tech. It has my full and complete endorsement. Buy it now. Now, I don't know who um, published uh, Senator Hawley's book, um, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Simon and & Schuster and all of those other people who denied him will probably learn and live to regret it. You know, I just can't wait till they clean out the swamp from everything because, I mean, in addition to cleaning out the swamp of politics and, uh, you know, Washington, D.C., we're cleaning out the swamp 
around the world. It's kind of why I wish people, more people would report on international news because we need to know where the swamp is internationally also. And it seems like the main battlefield right now is America. And it is for good reason. But if we had more eyes on more countries and what's going on in their own countries, we could give y'all a hand and spread the word. So I wish we would see more of that. Um, I think Frank over at the NPC show was maybe talking about doing some international news. And maybe we'll be able to cover that later on in, in the Mr. C channel, some international stuff, because there's always a ton of headlines I don't get to get to. And I might take advantage of that at some point. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so Senator Josh Hawley, also easy on the eyes. He's one of my faves. Okay. All right. Let's see what else Mr. Uh, President Trump has to say. I always want to say Mr. Trump. Anyways, okay. So uh, happy Mother's Day to all. It will all come back bigger and better and stronger than ever before. Do not worry. Okay, so he's making a promise there, it sounds like, to the mothers of America um, that it will come back. It, every time I, he says that bigger and better and stronger, it reminds me of this Cure song I used to like. Um, I think it's... Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. I could sing it to you, but you know what? I'm sorry. I haven't had my, uh, I haven't had my, uh, my night cat for the night, so I'm not going to be getting to that. All right. It's the Love Cats, guys, by The Cure. He says, bigger and better. And anyways, okay. So, all right. And then, so now we have an endorsement of uh, Texas, my Texas, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, coming from the man himself, President Trump. Uh, it says, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is a great fighter for the people of Texas. He has stood up for life, liberty, and the Second Amendment, border security, our military, and our vets and our God-given freedoms. He has governed by conservative principles of low taxes and careful spending, always doing what is best for his great state and for America. Texans should re-elect him. He is outstanding and has my complete and total endorsement. And yes, I, I definitely think we should reelect him. And on the heels of that, um, we're going to be talking about some new developments now that the dust has settled in the San Antonio City elections. It's exciting news, guys. All right. And now let's continue with the next statement. So now even our Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirit, is a junkie. Oh, man. Probably right up there with Hunter Biden, right? This is emblematic of what is happening to our country. The whole world is laughing at us as we go to hell on our borders, our fake presidential election, and everywhere else. I mean, the world is watching, guys. So yeah, that is kind of embarrassing if you think about it. Like, um, But it's okay. The people are taking care of business now. We just got to keep on keeping on. Next statement. All right. After being loudly booed at the Utah Republican Party convention, Utah's Weber County censored Rhino, Mitt Romney, Mittens Romney, that's what we like to call him here at the Sea Report, Mittens Romney, in the strongest of terms, Washington County Republicans also censored Romney in April. He is bad news for our country. Ah, uh, yes, Mittens Romney, who helped co-author uh, Obama's insidious um, um, Obamacare. I mean, well, I mean, if you count the fact that he wrote something exactly like that in, in Massachusetts, I think it was. And then uh, they basically copied it and made it, you know, uh, federal, um, nationwide. Uh, yeah, Mittens Romney, he is definitely a Republican in name only. And who cares about parties, right? I want to see your works. I don't want to see your name. I want to see the work that you do. That's what I'm here to see. And uh, all right, so let's go on to the next statement. And this one is another one blasting a rhino, an old warmonger herself. The House GOP has a massive opportunity to upgrade this week from warmonger Liz Cheney to gifted communicator Elise Stefanik. 
Elise has intelligence and endorsement from Amer from American Patriot Brandon Judd and the National Border Patrol Council. She has an A-plus from the NRA, and she loves our veterans. We need someone in leadership who has experience flipping districts from blue to red as we approach the important 2022 midterms, and that's Elise! She knows how to win, which is what we need. So yeah, I mean, interesting that he had mentioned that in his statement, because like I said, I was going to do some stuff on Elise Stefanik in this episode, but some more pressing matters came up, no pun intended. Um, and yeah, you know, the whole thing about Liz Cheney, like, um, uh, aside from her being the warmonger rhino person that she is, the anti-American, treasonous, communist-loving uh, uh, shill from, where is she from, Wyoming, I think, right? Um, and, uh, well... She was, like, in charge of the Lincoln Project, which I found very interesting. So I was, like, uh, listening to one of my earlier episodes around episode 20-something where uh, this whole thing with Liz and the Lincoln Project had busted open. And I was like, oh, yeah, considering that all the boys over at the Lincoln Project are all, you know, lag, la uh, log cabin Republicans, I was like, she's just a big old fag hag. Anyways, and that's her harem. But, yeah, that was pretty interesting. And, yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's our man. And you know what? This guy right back here, you guys know old Hickory, right? Andrew Jackson. President Andrew Jackson was actually my favorite president until President Trump came around. And I know some of you guys will get me on the trail of tears, but that man took out the Central Bank of America, which was the Federal Reserve, the second, the second Bank of America. Um, and he took him out. And uh, he did it with a lot of strength and fervor. I, I wonder sometimes if any of you people believe in reincarnation, if, he, if Trump were not him reincarnated. But then again, we're not a show about metaphysics here, so we're not going to get into that. But yeah, Andrew Jackson, look him up. I'm sure you all know all about him. Okay, guys, so let's see what we got coming up next. Okay, let's talk about San Antonio. As you guys might remember, we had the San Antonio City elections here at the beginning of the month on May 1. The dust has finally cleared because uh, if, you, you, if you guys may recall, I was a tad bit emotional when we were talking about some of the propositions and the way things went. Uh, of course, we had the Lexit Strike Force candidates, who that is, hashtag Lexit, Latinos exiting the uh, Democrat or the Liberal um, socialist, whatever you want to put them under, leaving that arena. Like, you know, we had Blexit, um, um, which was the black community leaving the um, um, Democrat Party. So we had Lexit candidates because Lexit is an organization that is a national organization, and they're working to um, um, bring up Latinos in the conservative movement or to support Latinos who support conservative um, um, ideologies and stuff like that. So we had a spotlight on them because we were lucky enough to have a Lexit strike force that was like uh, eight candidates, conservative Latinos running in city elections. Like we were fortunate to have that. We were fortunate to be able to put a spotlight on them and to also share that with, you know, the community abroad and local so that people knew, hey, there is a such thing as conservative Latinos. Believe it or not, we exist. You know, we are the new face of that uh, family, that that party, whatever party that might end up being. You know, like uh, there's a whole new face coming out for conservatives and they definitely include, you know, uh, what once were minorities and whom are Latinos or Hispanic or whatever you want to say. So anyways, 
just to update you guys on what happened, what the outcome was on that. Um, as it turns out, you know, um, the, uh, the Lexit candidate for mayor, um, she came in third place, which was a strong showing considering that, uh, the other dude, this, uh, Brockhouse guy was actually in a runoff with the incumbent in the prior election, um, but she had a strong showing. Several thousands uh, voted for her, um, but in the end, it wasn't enough to get the ticket. But we're proud of everything that Denise Gutierrez Homer did, and we will continue to support her in the future. Um, the the whole thing about the San Antonio city election is over a hundred thousand San Antonians turned out to vote this year. And that is the highest, highest in history of San Antonio turnout for any type of municipal or city election. So my hat goes out to goes off to the people of San Antonio who turned out to vote. There was over 51,000 San Antonians who showed up on Election Day to cast their ballot. You know, and that's amazing because I was out there doing the same and we had floods. Um, we had rain. Uh, the weather was not pretty that day, and it always it's always seems that way on an election day that it just does not turn out pretty. Um, the weather is so ugly, um, but still, over more than half the people who turned out to vote turned out to vote on election day. And that was something that was uh, uh, very impressive, I think, especially considering the weather you know, could turn people away, most definitely. And then um, also we had um, Prop A and Prop B. Now, Prop B was the one to watch because that was the one that would essentially defund the police. Um, it, it would uh, um, change the charter to where there was no bargaining power with the unions and they would just defund them. And, and eventually what it would have done is it would have uh, for, er, forced some into early retirement, um, among other things, which would have hurt the city more inevitably because there would be no one to respond you know and uh as and the way it looked on election day as i was going through the numbers and i was staying abreast on developments it it really did seem that prop b was going to be um upheld like uh but as it turns out Thank you, San Antonio. I take back my a-hole of the week for that week because I said half of San Antonio were a-holes. <laughs> um, but as it turns out, uh, Prop A was defeated. I mean, Prop B was defeated. Now, Prop A, they, ga they gave the city council carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. Dun, dun, dun. But at the same time, they did defeat Prop B. So San Antonio police will continue to be funded which is a beautiful thing. The proposition was defeated by 3,500 votes. Um, and that's a good thing. And, and of course, the way the press has spinned it or spun it here in San Antonio was that, well, Prop B might have been defeated, but that just lets uh, lawmakers know and it puts police on notice that half the city doesn't like what they're doing. Yeah, well, if it had been the other way around, they wouldn't have said, oh, well, it lets half the people know that they still support the cops. You know, yours, yours uh, truly here included. Um, I wanted to share. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Before we get into more stuff about Prop B, I got to say. One of the Lexit candidates uh, by the name of Patrick Von Dolhen, you might remember him. He was on part two of our Lexit candidate interviews. He is in a runoff. Yes, so congratulations to Patrick Von Dolan. He is now in a runoff. Let me go ahead and get the man on the screen so you can see what he looks like. You might remember this man's face. He joined us here on the Sea Report that Friday. Oh, this thing is terrible. Okay. 
Patrick, your website. <laughs> I couldn't, I could not, I could not access your photo. Anyways, let me blow him up a little bit more so you can, there's Patrick. Uh, okay, so guys, he's now in a runoff. So if any of you all are uh, in the San Antonio area and listening, and if any of you are all in Texas or abroad, because of course we got them abroad, right? Um, we need to support this man. We need to get a true conservative, a true, a true conservative into San Antonio legislature, into the municipality of it, because guys, I've been, I've been doing a little bit of nosing around and I haven't, I have not picked out everything that I need to pick out of the closets of these people, but San Antonio is so crooked. Like, I was kind of snooping around into some of Mayor Nuremberg's stuff. And, you know, I couldn't tie him to, you know, entities or organizations that I specifically can use as uh, ammunition. But a lot of the people that work around Nuremberg also have worked for and been associated with the Truman National Project, Security Project. And we talked about the Truman National Security Project before. This is a band of progressives progressive communists, Marxists are also mixed into this group, and they're at the highest levels. And this is where also our rogue generals are coming from. Even people like Lloyd Austin have worked with them, uh, Michael Hayden, and other generals. I mean, this these are the people that are trying to make the State Department go woke. Like, seriously, they have all of their manuals out there. They're, they're huge. They're a huge, massive organization. Truman National Security Project. They have other names. Truman National... Now, don't look for counsel. If you look for Truman National Security Council, you're going to find President Truman back in the 40s and all of that information. No, it's National Project. They have an event called TruCon. Interestingly enough, the Truman National Convention, TruCon, that happens once a year. Um, we had the we did an expose on them back in uh, March. I think it was March 27th, maybe was the day of the show. But uh, if you're interested, look up Truman National Security Project. If you want to do some digs, you know um, this is some real life hardcore digging that you can do. You don't have to you know put two and two together or anything like that. You can actually see their work for themselves and what they're promoting. Uh, if you go look them up, you know, you don't got to wait for any drops or anything. We're dropping it here, of course, but I didn't get this information myself. This came from other people um, and I just queued into it or keyed into it, I guess you could say. All right. So as far as um, what Patrick Van Dolan is going up against, Van Dolan is going up against, he's going up in, against an incumbent by the name of John Courage. Um, let's go ahead and see what we, if we have any information here about John Courage. You know, Patrick put it so well on his website. I mean, you could hardly ignore it. Let's see here. Where are you at, John Courage? Let me get, let me get some info on you because we got it here on Patrick's website, and I think it's very good to know. Uh, da, 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 da. Look at check out Patrick's family, guys. Like, dude, nine kids, man. Talk about some strong seed right there. <laughs> Good job, Patrick. We're glad you have an army backing you up, and we're hoping to provide one for you as well here at the Sea Report. Where is this guy? Oh, our opponent. Here it is. Okay, so a little bit about John Courage, and I want I would like to get Patrick back on the show. Um, I'm currently speaking with uh, with uh, some of his people to see if we can't get him back on before uh, this runoff in June. Uh, June fifth is the day for the runoff elections. But as far as John Courage goes, he's he's pro-abortion. Um, placed signs in his yard supporting radical pro-abortion activist. Abortion Barbie, Wendy Davis, did not vote for that woman. Uh, I think she was running for governor at one point. 
Fortunately, she did not get in. Uh, voted to appoint an abortionist as the head of the local health authority. Voted twice for pack taxpayer funding and for the harmful chemical sterilization of impoverished teenage girls. Targeting racial minorities. Dang, it's insane. This is this is who his incumbent is, and uh, his election, his race uh, had the highest voter turnout in the in of all the districts in San Antonio. Uh, he's for big. Uh, John Courage is for big government. Um, and uh, let's see. There was this one where uh, he. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of this because maybe if we get to talk to Patrick, we can go through. But he, uh, this John Courage guy, who is Patrick's uh, competitor, um, also uh, raised his hand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. Like he's a progressive, a total progressive radical. We got to get him out. Like his district, they know John. They know that Patrick Von Dolan means business. And if you guys saw that interview that he did with us on the Sea Report, you would know that too. This dude is this dude he's got receipts he's got numbers he's got a lot backing him up and he's got a lot of endorsements as well including let me go ahead and put patrick's face back on the screen including an endorsement from none other than the san antonio police officers association so that says a lot there guys like trump he's getting he's getting endorsements by these people now he had a press release off his website san antonio city council district 9 candidate patrick von dolan is honored to announce the san antonio police officers association has officially endorsed his campaign after officially declaring his candidacy for the seat on february 4th 2021 the vote patrick campaign has actively worked to defend the police back the blue is a priority of von dolan's platform and he spent countless hours educating voters on why Prop B, a proposition that sought to remove the ability of the Police Officers Association to collectively bargain, needed to be defeated on May 1st ballot. Prop B was rejected by the city of San Antonio, by the voters. And uh, now John Courage, his incumbent, is basically saying stuff to the effect that, oh, well, the only reason why Patrick had such a good turnout is because people were against Prop B. And now that Prop B is not going to be on the ticket during the runoff, well, Patrick's basically lost the fight. Well, I say to thee nay, if you would like to reach out for support to the Patrick Von Dolan campaign, I have the website, the phone number on the screen there, 210-908-0033. Or you can visit his website at patrickvondolen.com. That's V-O-N-D-O-H-L-E-N. Patrick sound traditionally the way it is. And uh, they're looking for people who can help him with phone calls and uh, a street canvassing. Now he's gonna have um, he's gonna have a block walk tomorrow. I'm gonna see if I can't get out there myself to support. Um, he's not in my district, but we need a conservative on the city council here in San Antonio. And I think the showing for uh, the vote uh, this past uh, city election on May first says a lot. You know, it says a lot about where San Antonio could be going. Um, there's some other things I want to bring about Patrick and some of the stuff, and maybe if I get to speak with him, you know, and or maybe I'll be talking with uh, Duke um, uh, Machado from uh, Lexit later on this evening, so maybe we can talk about some stuff I saw there too. But just a real quick to wrap up some San Antonio stuff. This guy's go whoa 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 we're jumping ahead. This guy, this jerk hole. <laughs> If you guys know who this jerk hole is, uh, you might be from San Antonio, from the Central Texas area. That is Greg Popovich, the S San Antonio Spurs coach. 
I've got several bones to pick with this man because we keep hearing about, you know, uh, sports figures. We had LeBron James, you know. We, we keep hearing about celebrities who just want to poke their nose in business that doesn't belong to them. And I guess, I guess this is because they're depending on the people of San Antonio to be like, Oh, Greg Popovich got the San Antonio Spurs a dynasty championship, you know, five times the winner. And I guess that's why they're using this man to tell the people of San Antonio what to do. And Greg, you need to butt the hell out, sir. This is none of your business. No one cares what you think about politics. You need to just clam up your pie hole and move along, sir. You need to make sure, because what he, what we're going to talk about now is this interview thing that he did right after the Spurs lost. Oh, is that a sign of something? Yeah, I guess the Spurs are losing now because you're butting your nose where it don't belong. You ain't winning anymore, sir, so you need to just butt out. Okay, so but I, I know what it is. San Antonio media and San Antonio big politicians and even the lawyers because they're all dirty down here. They're putting... They're putting up Popovich because they they say, you know what, the city of San Antonio, they trust Popovich's beard. And that's why they're going to go ahead and listen to what he has to say. Well, this is what Greg Popovich had to say in regards to Proposition B being uh, defeated. He said Prop B would have been a good step in the right direction. Um, and this is he, this is what he said to the San Antonio Express News on the heels of the Spurs losing to the Philadelphia 76ers, right? Okay, it wasn't a cure-all. It wasn't perfect, but we really need accountability. And it was a good first step if we had had enough people that believed that. Well, you know what? Popovich, not enough people believe in you anymore. And I think you just need to move on. Set sail to wherever you came from. We know you ain't Texas. We know you ain't San Antonio. We know your spurs don't jingle jangle. So just move on, sir. Okay, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I had a little bit more to say about him, but I'm already halfway into the show and I haven't even gotten into the big stuff. Like there's some big developments going on, guys. Okay, so uh, just just to close that nut off, um, uh, our, our governor, Greg Abbott, did tweet out in regards to Proposition B being voted down. If it had passed, it could have been harder for the police department to recruit and retain good officers. We need safe cities, and that means we need good police officers like the like in the San Antonio Police Department who serve and protect our city of San Antonio. And, you know, I back the blue, even though in the past I've had pretty bad experiences in San Antonio with the police, but I don't think that had to do with them. I think that had to do with the people that were pulling their strings. And we'll leave it there, guys. Now let's hop over to Arizona because we're already halfway through the show. Okay, we need to talk about Arizona. Now, a, a quick update into Arizona. Um, well... Well, let's let's go ahead and listen to the words of uh, Dr. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, guys, to visit Arizona.org if you want to be a, uh, what do they call it? A, um, <laughs> a peeping Tom, basically. <laughs> if, if, you're, uh, if you're into voyeurism and you want to know what's going on, political voyeurism, let's spy on the people of Arizona. <laughs> let's see what's going on over here. God, look at this, guys. This looks kind of cool. God, there I go, going off into a tangent, even though I'm already halfway through the show. Okay, so, like, uh, let's see. What are they doing there? We got the red shirts, the blue shirts, the green shirts, the yellow shirts. Uh, people keep referencing uh, the rainbow colors in the Navy or the military, the Marines. I haven't caught on to that one yet, but I'm sure 
the time will come when I, I, I realize what they're talking about. Uh, so anyways, yep, there's, here's another view. Let's just take in another quick view, quick vo uh, political voyeurism here at the Sea Report, uh, spying on the people of Arizona because we have the right to, right? Okay, so, and there's those orange shirts. Uh, those orange shirts, they said, are the, the reporters, the press people. So I don't know. Send me to Arizona so I can get a yellow, a red, an orange shirt and, and I'll go live from inside. No, just kidding. I'm sure I wouldn't be able to do that even if I were in Arizona. But wouldn't that be something sweet? Sweet. Okay, so let's go ahead and get that off the screen. Just reminding you guys, you can go to az.org if you want to uh, catch up um, on what's going on in live time live stream of the Arizona audit. Now, now I was going to say, I was going to give you a quick update, but why not just allow this fabulous woman here to do it, Dr. Kelly Ward, who's been keeping us cued in to what's going on in Arizona. So let's just, uh, let's give her a few minutes of our time. Hello everyone, it is time for the weekend update on America's Audit from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. We expect quite a busy week for America's Audit, the first full hand count and forensic audit by a legislative body of the 2020 elections in our nation's history, but perhaps not the last. Here is our weekend look at where we are and on what's to come. As we reported on Friday, Maricopa County attorneys have admitted that the county didn't exactly turn over all of the equipment and all of the information provided for by the Arizona Senate subpoena and ordered by the Arizona courts. The county, on its own, decided to retain digital routers that they deemed had critical law enforcement data and individuals protected health information and social security numbers on them. <laughs> but that is in direct contrast to the words of the court ruling that the subpoenas are the equivalent of a court order requiring production of certain information. The county cannot, cannot avoid a subpoena based on statutes that require that the material being subpoenaed be kept confidential. <laughs> that means exactly what it says. But somehow the county chose not to comply. Now, we aren't arguing here that sensitive law enforcement information should be compromised in any way, shape, or form. But it certainly is not up to Maricopa County's attorneys to decide how to comply with a court order and choose what information they deem unacceptable or acceptable to release. Why is it that our very own government treats the citizens of Arizona as if we are on a need-to-know basis? Expect quick action this week as the Arizona Senate has demanded county attorneys produce the routers and any additional passwords to accounts that also seem to have been withheld despite the subpoena. Or they're going to see them in court. We're going to see them in court. If the information would indeed compromise law enforcement, I say let the courts decide how to proceed. The Arizona Senate has also moved quickly to put the Department of Justice on notice that the DOJ's concerns regarding security of the ballots and claims of possible minority voter intimidation were totally unfounded. Totally unfounded. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan responded to a threat of interference by Biden's partisan DOJ that the audit is being conducted in a manner that complies fully 
with the commands of the United States Constitution and, and with federal and state civil rights laws. In short, thanks, but no thanks for your concern, DOJ, and the implied threat of bringing federal monitors to Arizona. Thanks for tuning in to our weekend update on America's Audit. It is going to be a busy week. If you want to support America's Audit and make sure that we can continue to get the word out, donate at the link below. We need your help. Share this video. We will finish America's Audit. I'll see you tomorrow. Awesome. All right. Good to hear. Ah, I got the guy off my screen. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. So, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and pour into some of this documentation um, in regards to that. Uh, because, like I said, uh, like uh, like Dr. Kelly Ward said, uh, President Karen Fan of the Senate um, basically sent them over a little love letter. So let's go ahead and take a look at that because we like documentation here at the C Report. Documentation is always very important. Okay, so this is the letter from the state senate. Let me go ahead and expand that for you. Does that work? I don't know. Okay, I don't know again how I did this last time. Okay, all right. So uh, this is the letter where she's basically saying uh, to to well, she was writing back to them uh, to the principal deputy assistant attorney general. That's a mouthful. Uh, otherwise known as Pamela S. Carlin, um, letting them know, hey, you know, it's okay. We're gonna, it's all right. You know, we're gonna do this. But um, here's the here's the one that I thought was pretty interesting because obviously, like uh, Dr. Kelly Ward said, they're gonna go ahead and move forward with it. But but still, guys, they still have not released these machines, at least as of when I put this report together. So we'll see how that's going to develop because they're going to take more legal action against them for not allowing this uh, audit of these machines to move forward. But this le what, what caught my attention in this letter was in regards to the canvassing. Now, do you guys remember how they were saying that they were going to canvass uh, the voters? And this was one of the big deals, right? Like, they're like, you can't do that. That's voter intimidation. If you, if you go knocking on doors and it's like, guys, uh, this is an audit. It's not like we're actually voting right now. Like, it's not going to change it. How can you be intimidating someone? They're not even going to the polls. So anyways, so with that in mind, um, they decided to actually suspend or stall or stop the canvassing. Like, they're not going to do it after all. And so this might seem like a win for the Democrats and the communists, right? But it's not. <laughs> I think it's a signal, if anything, because it was actually the Senate who determined that they were not going to be doing the canvassing. Now, as it states right here in this letter, it says, With respect to voter canvassing, the Senate determined several weeks ago that it would indefinitely defer that component of the audit. If and to the extent the Senate subsequently decides that canvassing is necessary to the successful completion of the audit, its vendor will implement detailed requirements to ensure that the canvassing is conducted in a manner that complies fully with the commands of the United States Constitution and federal and state civil rights laws. Specifically, persons conducting the canvassing will A, not select voters or precincts for canvassing based on race, ethnicity, sex, party affiliation, or any other legally protected status, will not wear or display any badges, insignia, or other symbols suggesting or make any statements implying or refrain from correcting any apparent misunderstanding concerning an affiliation with law enforcement, immigration enforcement, tax enforcement, or the military, will not carry a firearm or other weapons when conducting canvassing, will not ask any voter to identify 
identify any candidates for whom he or she voted, will wear a brightly colored shirt identifying the individual as employee of the Senate's retained vendor, will clearly state at the beginning of the conversation that canvassed voters are not the subject of the investigation and that their participation in the canvass is entirely voluntary, and will use a pre-approved standardized script with non-leading questions. So they already got this scoped out, but like I said, they're not going to do it anymore. And quite frankly, I think the reason they're not going to do it anymore is because they don't need to. I think they already have everything that they need. So that's going to be very exciting to see as that develops, right? Okay, so let's go ahead and move along a little bit. Now, there are some other things that were going on here in regards to... Okay, in regard to this whole... Um, like I said, uh, they... they, they um, they had subpoenaed all of the material, and now you have these routers that are being held up because they're saying, well, we got law enforcement information, we got voter information, all that on there. And and the reason why is because we didn't just store only elections on this router. We stored all of this stuff on this router. So what's going to happen with that, right? Um, it says Arizona's Senate told Maricopa County on May 7th that basically they're going to subpoena them for an in-person testimony and we're talking about the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, they will be subpoenaed um, if they don't move forward with providing this information. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at this document. This document comes from uh, Maricopa County attorney, Alistair Adel, and uh, he was responding to Corey Lofiger. Sorry, Langhofer, <laughs> uh, and he was. Uh, these are the. These are. Uh, this was all in regards to getting those routers, and it says uh, this letter is in response to your email from this morning, in which you inform me of the state senate's um, desire to obtain additional passwords and the county's routers today. So don't forget, they didn't get the routers, and it was also revealed that they did not have the passwords. Who has the passwords? Well, guys, we find out. It was the Dominion crew. It seems that Dominion had Dominion over the Arizona elections. Mm, very interesting, right? Okay, so it says here, as I previously explained by letter to Ken Bennett, the county is unable to produce these materials for the following reasons. First, the county has already produced every password and security key for the tabulators that is within the county's possession. It does not have any others. And then second, the county's routers were not used solely for election-related activities. Ha ha ha! So to that, there's this response. It says, and let me uh, expand that just a little bit more. It says, we've been asked to relay that the Senate views the county's explanations on the router and password issues as inadequate and potentially incorrect. Unless the Senate receives the materials today, they will issue subpoenas on Monday for live testimony from Mr. Jarrett and each of the supervisors personally so that their positions and rationales can be better explained under oath. The date, time, and location of the hearing will be provided in the subpoenas, of course. So do you think... Oh, and this was an email from Corey Langhofer. Uh, the gentleman that was just addressed by that uh, secretary, Ad Adel, right? Was it? Make sure I get that right. Yeah, Alistair Adel. And uh, so basically, I mean, do you think they're calling their bluff? 
I don't think so. I think they're going to get to the bottom of this, no matter who's on top, and they're going to find out what was going on. So in that in that document from the Maricopa County attorney, Alistair Adel, they find, you know, they don't have the passwords. They're not going to hand over the routers. Then you get this email from attorney Corey Langhofer saying you will be subpoenaed. But then guess what? Someone else decides to weigh in on this issue, and this is in regards to the routers. Another line of defense, you see, you see, we're seeing everyone who's involved in the swamp. We're seeing where all of this, everyone who's connected in this web, right? All the lights being shown down on it. We get a letter from the law of the land where the buck stops itself. The sheriff, the sheriff, guys, the sheriff. I would definitely say the people of Arizona need to re-elect or get this guy out of office. The sheriff writes, the Senate Republican caucus audit of the Maricopa County votes from last November's election has no stopping point. Now its most recent demands jeopardize the entire mission of the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. We are talking about confidential, sensitive, and highly classified law enforcement data and equipment that will be permanently compromised. The current course is mind-numbingly reckless and irresponsible. I look forward to briefing them on the horrendous consequences of this demand and the breadth of its negative impact on public safety in this county. The integrity of classified data, um, private information, and law enforcement-specific material would immediately be vulnerable and exposed, regardless of the steps promised by a private vendor who states otherwise. No evidence or information exists to indicate these items of information offer greater value to ongoing to an ongoing audit process than the public safety obligations of the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office and our law enforcement community. Access to this information would adversely affect the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office ability to protect critical evidence, data shared between law enforcement agencies, protected private information and individual passwords, all of which could be used to the detriment of citizens and law enforcement infrastructure. Transparency and accountability should always be the foundation of a democracy, but when these words are misrepresented, it defies the fragile balance that exists between freedom and order and all that we believe in. The people we swore to serve must understand what is at stake when elected officials act in a partisan manner at the sacrifice of others. This sheriff's clearly forgotten that he's elected. Listen, Check this part out. This is the insulting part. I have committed to act with respect for my oath of office. The integrity, he says, the integrity required to be deserving of the office, and he's clearly not deserving, in the protection of the people I serve and in support of those who sacrifice their lives on behalf of public safety. It is my hope that additional education of the exposure of this data and equipment will compel the Senate Republican Caucus to take a more responsible course of action. Signed, Sheriff Paul Penzoni, or Penzone, or however you want to pronounce that. This guy has the gall to say that he respects his oath of office when he cannot even allow for an audit to ensure the integrity of elections in his own state. The people wanted this audit. You know, that's why the Senate is acting, and he is not respecting that. Sheriff Paul Penzoni, I think you need to get voted out, is what I think, honestly. So anyhow, anyway, guys, let me see. We're at ten, okay, guys. We're gonna run maybe ten minutes late. I hope it's not. Gonna, it shouldn't be much more than that. Let me see what else I got for you now. 
there was a there was some video testimony that had come out as well. Now, if any of you guys followed any of the hearings, because I do watch hearings here at the Sea Report, um, they did have the hearings. What back in Pennsylvania, Arizona had hearings back when they were uh, Rudy Giuliani and the team of lawyers were running all of that, that all the affidavits, all of the. Um, all of the evidence that they were putting before the committees. So this way they were going to determine whether or not they were going to move forward with these audits or if there was fraud involved or what have you. There was a whole cast of like awesome, like we had a, a military in there that, that did numbers and computer stuff. We had affidavit after affidavit after affidavit from people who um, experienced the fraud and experienced um, behavior that was untoward Americans to be acting in such a way. So I was going to share some video with a woman uh, by the name of Jan Bryant, Janess Bryant. Uh, who was testifying, who testified back in November, um, who was a, a witness to um, Dominion basically running the show and bringing in computers that were from offsite. But in the interest of time, we're not going to show it. It's from the Arizona testimony. Uh, Jan Bryant, this was November 30th. So if you want to go look that up, you can look it up and find it for yourself. What I wanted to present to you guys today before we close up the show um, is a uh, Another huge bomb drops on Arizona. We're talking about one of those mothers of all bombs. Happy Mother's Day, Arizona. We had a mother of all bombs falling on you this past weekend. This is something a lot of you guys may not be aware of. We had, um, we had a Q warrant, a Q warrant served, hit Arizona this past weekend. For those of you who don't know a Q warrant, that's quo warranto. I cannot, I, I, I don't, I'm not educated enough on this to explain it. But basically what this does is it is, it is, it is a piece of legislation that is served by the people. And based on the state laws and whether or not they were followed in regard to the election process, it would unseat everyone, everyone in that election. In other words, it would render it fraud and everyone would just automatically be unseated. Now, there's a whole bunch of things that go into this that I, I just, I cannot get into and I'm not going to try and explain it, but I know like there has to be individuals ready to take that place. You know, like I was like, well, if they served a Q warrant here in Texas, I would, I would, I would stand in the interim, you know, like, but that, that you, I mean, there's a lot that is involved in this and there's been a team of people that have been working on it. Now, real quick, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read, I'm going to read straight up from the Gateway Pundit because the Gateway Pundit covered this and um, I'm, I'm very happy that they did. Um, and, and there's a lot of things that connect to this, but this could basically serve to unseat the entire election. And, and not only was this team of people working on it, and this is, this is um, from Tori Says. If you guys are familiar with Tori Says, this is her. This is her people. They're the ones that did this. They're the ones that did this, and they did it in Arizona, and they're working in other states. Like, the lady don't just talk. She has feet on the ground as well. And uh, so along with what Tori says has done in, in informing and educating her audience about getting this work done, um, the gateway pundit provided receipts. So it was a beautiful, a beautiful conglomeration, a beautiful synthesis of people standing up and fighting for America and for the constitution and for our rights and for, uh, the integrity of our elections. So, um, I'm going to read this article straight up from the gateway pundit. Uh, it says this all leads back to our investigation, the outfits that certified the Arizona elections and were called back 
after the election by the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to perform audits earlier after the 2020 election a few months ago. It says, the Gateway, Repo the Gateway Pundit reported that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors would not allow the Arizona Senate to perform an audit of the, of the county's 2020 um, election results. Uh, the MCBOS sued the Senate to prevent the audit. Then, when the Senate updated laws to clarify their right to audit and the courts found that the Senate has every right to audit the county's results, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors said, okay, you can do an audit, but we want to select the auditors. They then said the only firms they would allow to perform their audit were those certified by the EAS, and that's the Election Assistance Commission. It's a federally a federal government uh, um, body that they have, and interestingly enough, was severely understaffed and underfunded. Hmm. And that was something else that could have gone to hurt Trump in the end, but we'll talk about that's the story for another, for another day. Now it says the problem for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors was the choice of auditors that the Senate wanted to employ to perform the audit was not theirs. It was the Senate's. Also, the firms the MCBOS said were certified were not certified. They hadn't been certified for years. Now, that was something that was interesting because I remember listening to an episode of Tori Says where she was talking about how it was the, uh, it was the, it was the certification that was going to bring this to a head. Like, we could go into talking about Dominion machines. We could go into talking about vi uh, fl um, vote flipping. We could talk about how uh, Skydal took all of that information to Spain and then live on TV, we watched the numbers reverse themselves and all that stuff. But ultimately, the vote certification, the certification of these entities and these machines, which they weren't, some of them weren't certified until like October, you know, like that would undo all of the elections. And here we see they made action and they did it and it's on the ground and it's happening right now. And this isn't the only place that a Q warrant, quo warranto has been served. They also served one in Washington, D.C. And, and in a couple of other states. And then there's some states where they can't talk about it yet because it's all in litigation. Um, they even had them, they, they even had some of these gagged because they didn't want them talking about it in public. It's very interesting, guys. Very exciting to see this work happening in real life. I mean, it's exciting, guys. Like, okay, anyways, the article continues. The Gateway Pundit reported this and with, um, they reported about the, uh, the firms not being certified. Getting back into the article, sorry. Um, so the Gateway reported how these uh, firms were not certified and within four hours, the EAS certified these two firms. Um, so the Gateway Pundit asked the EAS to provide the documentation and what they used to certify the two firms suddenly within hours of their article noting the firms were not certified. So now a group of people in Arizona, after reviewing Arizona law, claim that the 2018, the 2019, and the 2020 elections related to this law were out of compliance with state law. Their rationale is because the firms that reviewed their voting machine equipment were not certified by the EAS as, as Arizona law mandates. They're using this in order to get at them, guys. Like, they found this little golden nugget of minutia that everyone would have looked over and they can they can almost single-handedly turn over this whole thing guys it says here is the press release so okay, let's take a let's take a look at the press release real quick now this is the press release in in uh in reference to this q warrant this quo warranto 
It says here, let me go ahead and expand it for you guys. Quo, quo warranto filed in the Arizona Supreme Court by we the people of Arizona potentially unseating all state elected officials. All of them. It's because it's because the entire election would be fraud. Everyone, even if they're good, they're all unseated. All right. As average citizens of Arizona from all walks of life, we have discovered that our past election in 2018 through 2020 are out of compliance per the United States Election Assistance Commission, EAC. The Help America Vote Act, HAVA, of 2002 established the EAC, and our state of Arizona takes a strict view on the federal election law. Our state of Arizona went out of compliance in February of 2017, or possibly sooner, and was only recently purported to be recertified in January of 2021. So that means between 17 and 2021, they were uh, handling elections basically out of bounds. Like they were not up to date on that certification. And I mean, you can't do that, right? So anyways, back to the, the, the press release. There are multiple problems with the, doc- with the documentation regarding contractor laboratories that invalidate any machine certification. A certification can only last for a maximum of two years. And there are very important reasons for this. This will either unseat every state level politician in Arizona or declare every federal law applied to Arizona as unlawful. It goes on. The violation of federal law is due to no certification of the voting system machine, which includes all aspects of machine from hardware to software to add-ons by the voting system test laboratories. The voting system test laboratories is accredited and overseen by the EAC per the HAVA Act and is critical to the compliance and standards set forth by law. This accreditation, accreditation must be thoroughly vetted every two years. Arizona takes a strict view of federal elections law per ARS, da, 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 da. Machines or devices used at any election for federal, state, or county offices may only be certified for use in the state and may only be used in this state if they comply with the Help America Vote Act of 2002. And if those machines or devices have been tested and approved by a laboratory that is accredited pursuant to Help the America Vote Act of 2002. So that's kind of the long and short of it. Very excited to hear that. And then there was more that went into this because um, as it turns out, since Dominion was there in Arizona, um, and then we're talking about the EAS workers also, the um, Election Assistance um, Commission, the person who was running it, their CIO, as of January 2021, their chief information officer, Um, Her name was Jessica Bowers. Um, She certified the Dominion voting machines in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. And this woman worked for Dominion for 10 years. She worked for Dominion for 10 years. And then all of a sudden is the chief information officer for the EAS who's understaffed and underfunded, right? And they didn't even have their certifications renewed on these machines. Well, these same thing, the machines and the same certifications were used in Georgia, California, Colorado, Nevada, and Tennessee. Guys, we could be onto something big here. I mean, the light is shining bright in my eyes, it is at least. And so that's why, you know, like, like I said, this is, this is like bombshell information. Like they could potentially overturn the entire state in the state of Arizona 
and see where that goes, guys. Now, like I said, in Washington, D.C., as per what I'm hearing from Tory says, like, they have that gagged. Like, it, it's sealed. They're not letting anyone touch that. It's a sealed document now. They're not letting anyone see this quo warranto in Washington, in Washington, D.C. Um, but, you know, the, I mean, it, it's very heartening to see feet on the ground doing these things. And for those of you who may not be familiar, Tory says is the same whistleblower from the Shadowgate movie, the documentary that everyone blackballed. Again, they attack the character of these people. Look at their work. Look at their work. The fruit of their labor says a lot more than the content of their character that people are attacking without even knowing. And I'm not putting my neck out on the line for them. I'm just saying, guys, the proof is in the pudding. Okay. All right. So we're going to wrap up the C report real quick with an update on the Antrim County. Now, a lot of you are probably aware uh, that Antrim County, um, they basically were having a hearing today. And um, the hearing was to determine the fate um, of, of the active lawsuits that are challenging the validity of the 2020 election. Um, let's see here. In the Traverse Eagle, uh, they, they had stated a 13th Circuit court judge is scheduled to hear arguments on a defense request to dismiss an Antrim County election-related lawsuit, a move opposed by the plaintiff who court records show is instead seeking to expand the case. So basically the fate of this whole lawsuit, they're, they're fighting basically – uh, the lawyer, Matthew DiPerno, let's get the man on the screen because he is a patriot. He is fighting to get a full audit, Arizona style, in Antrim County in Michigan. So that's what this whole hearing was about. Now, at the time of this report, there had not been any updates. The 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 uh, hearing was live today. Like um, I, I was able to see a little bit of it while I was getting the report together. But uh, I couldn't get the long and skinny of it from watching it, obviously, because I'm going through all this other news that I want to talk to you guys about. But I'm sure they have an update now i'm sure if i go and look at it they probably have an update on what the outcome was or what was going on if not someone's already talking about it. if not we'll have we'll talk about it tomorrow on the c report um but again here you know they had what um uh, what 1061 phantom ballots that that was a number that didn't match up with what was in the state records uh they had 100 percent turnout for people from the age of 65 to 80 in the age of covid just things that they were looking at that just don't add up you know in addition to what they found with the voting fraud and the dominion machines as we saw um as we saw how they uh they did a dominion um expose and they showed that you could crack into the software and of course you know back in arizona they don't have the passwords to get into the administration but the dominion people do and they proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the software in Dominion can be used to make that uh, to make that uh, to make the vote uh, uh, totally skew in a different direction. Of course, they're very sloppy and didn't cover their trail and stuff like that. But it was found out very well. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for tuning in today. Uh, Katie Mann over in the United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. Glad you got to hang out with us. Uh, Frank at the NPC show. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Um, hope you enjoy. I didn't get the volume or the sound fixed in the show today, but we'll we'll get that worked on. It, it, we'll, we'll we'll fix that up. I always appreciate the helpful hints. And to the Foxhole Fam, uh, people at Twitch and people at uh, Twitter, if you're tuned in today, thanks for tuning in to the C Report. Um, I will be re I will be live tonight on the Mr. C channel over in the Foxhole app. <clears throat> you're only going to find it over at the Foxhole app, and uh, we'll see what we'll talk about this evening. Otherwise, the C Report will be on the Mr. C channel tomorrow, Tuesday, at 4 p.m. Central. 5 p.m. Eastern, and then Q&A holes will be live at 9 p.m. Eastern. I just I should just talk in Trump time, right? 
9 p.m. Eastern Trump time zone. Uh, Q&A holes will be live with a special um, Eclipse edition. So I think you guys will want to be sticking around for that. Joe 102 and Mr. W will be hanging out. And then we'll be back. All right, guys, stay tuned for more because more is always developing here in this crazy world where we're going sane, right? All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you later. Have a rest a good of your evening, and I'll see you guys tonight if you want to tag along for the Mr. C channel. Well, hello, Mr. C. We'll be live and on the air. Until then, guys, have a great night, a great afternoon. And don't forget, America, behave, because we love you. We love you with all our heart.